0: Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM Network. And you are joined by Danuta and my fabulous co-host Lawson. Lawson, good morning to you. Good morning, Hey, what are we grateful for this morning? I am
1: super grateful. I got to have dinner with my little sister last night. My little sister lives down in Melbourne. Oh. And so she came up. She was up this way. That's right. She came up for the weekend and literally, like, she just came up to hang out. She's actually in the process of thinking about moving back this way. She, You know, she went to Canberra for uni, then moved to Melbourne after finishing uni. And then she's like... Ah oh, maybe she she's thinking like to move to Sydney or something literally just to be closer to our family, but I got to see her. I got to hang out with her. We had dinner last night. She shouted, which was really nice. Oh, and yeah. You uh,
0: like those too. Yeah. Hey. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so we, we hung out and, and it was just really lovely. And like, I, I have three sisters. And whenever, whenever we get together, it's just, you know, spilling the goss, spilling the tea, just talking about the ins and outs of life and what's going on and the highs and the lows. Uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was really fantastic to see how I love my sister so much. And so, yeah, she's... She's she's doing good, so that's great. Praise God for that. Super grateful. So
0: you're grateful for your sister as well as time with her. It sounds like, yeah, hey. oh, of course, yeah. Oh, uh, it must have been a sister day because my sister and I from Ad- my sister from Adelaide. We spoke on the phone yesterday. Um, we're super close as well. Wish we lived a whole lot closer, but it was a really good catch up time as well. And yeah, got to to find out what's happening with family down in Adelaide, the latest, uh, the latest with mm. my. Great nieces and nephews, what, well, niece and nephew, what's happening there as well. They're growing all too fast. I wow. tell you what though. But yeah, so, so, um, yeah, family's so important, isn't it? Mm. And grateful for family. Not everyone manages to have much of a family. Um, some do. And coming up on our show today, we have our interview with Brad Moody, looking at apologetics, looking at law and grace today. In our new segment, we are looking at Parkinson's disease and just something new that's developing in that space, which is exciting. And in our Bible study, we're looking at a prophetic foundation.
2: You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM,
1: positively different.
0: Hey, <laughs> what is our first quiz question for today? Please, Lawson, take it away.
1: Hey, simply this: in a parable found in three of the four Gospels, what small thing did Jesus compare to the kingdom of God? If you know the answer to this one, the number to text is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Again, that zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. In a parable found in in three of the four Gospels, I should say, what small thing did Jesus compare to? The Kingdom of God. And if you know the answer, you will go into the draw to win the Revived Cafe Cookbook number eight. The latest volume in the various volumes, the seven, so well, eight now, uh, volumes of the Revive Cafe Cookbook by Jeremy Dixon. It's vegan, plant-based, tasty Amazing guys, you want this book? Absolutely not! Not only just because it's full of beautiful recipes, but it's also a beautiful book. Like it is a really beautiful book. uh, Like we, you know, giving away just recently, not last week, but the week before, a beautiful piece of decor. Like like cookbooks also function as decor, right? Like they just look fantastic. They're great to have on the coffee table or on the shelf or whatever it may be. And this is one of the best.
0: Uh, absolutely, because um, Jeremy actually does his own photos as well mm. and they're really colourful and huge. So on one side of the page you actually have the recipe, on the right-hand side you actually have the whole picture there of the recipe. So just by opening the book, it makes you salivate and want <laughs> to actually make that particular recipe. So yes, you do want to have this on not just your coffee table, you want it in your kitchen mm. and you want to be trying those recipes. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Again,
1: that number 0491064669 in a parable found in three of the four gospels. What small thing did Jesus compare to the kingdom of God? Hey, what city are we going to this morning? We
0: are going to Rye. A bit like Rye sourdough bread. You know, R-Y-E. What is that?
1: Rye, <laughs> Have you ever heard of it? The the town? No. The town,
0: Rye. Okay, so Rye is in Victoria. Okay, um, okay. The station is 87.6. Now, Rye is a seaside town in Mornington Peninsula in mm. Melbourne, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, about almost almost hundred kilometers south of Melbourne CBD and in tw- the 2021 census it actually recorded about nine and a half thousand people um, live there so and it's on the eastern side of port phillip which is popular for swimmers mm. um, and fishermen and all sorts of you know anyone that likes to basically go down the beach you know I'm, I'm oh. a beach person so if I was living down that way that's where I would probably be hanging out I think so yeah big shout out to people of Rye and Victoria. If you are from Rye, give us a text on 0491 mm. Let us know how long they've been living there for and what you love about Rye. What's made you stay there? Um, the beach, I think, is one of those, obviously, <laughs> one of those mm. things that would attract people. But just overall, or if you've actually travelled through there um, in any kind of way. So, yeah, we'd, lo- we'd love to know more about Rye overall. So
1: Rye looks like the kind of place that gets the coldest of Arctic winds blowing on it, just in pure Victoria fashion. Like, it's right there on the edge of the Mornington mm. Peninsula. Mm-hmm. Similar to, like, I've been to Phillip Island a fair bit. Oh, have in, you? In yeah, my yeah. time. And there would just be a change in the wind, and all of a sudden that, that southerly is blowing yeah, be up just from- freezing from, from the Arctic, uh, the Antarctic, I should say. And it's just so overwhelmingly cold. So, mm. but hey, shout out to all the people living in Ryan. They're probably, they're probably living their best life. There, there is probably a time in which you could go swimming there or whatnot there, Abs- in which absolutely. the weather is warm enough to, to be able to do that. But yeah, that's really, Awesome, beautiful spot.
0: Mm, absolutely. And then, or scuba diving is another thing for there I've just found. So, yeah, oh, if you like scuba man. diving, that is where you go.
1: Just get a thick wetsuit. <laughs>
0: that, that's Good it. to go. That's it, eh? All right, some great news. We always like great news here at Faith FM. This morning we're talking about Parkinson's disease okay. and hope for people with Parkinson's disease. We always love good stories. So mm. here with Parkinson's disease, uh, of course, happens when the nerve cells in the brain don't actually make enough dopamine, which which is like a, a body chemical that actually affects movement and mood, Mood, mood sorry, mm. and it, so it is a neurological disease. Mm-hmm. Um, about 90% of people with advanced Parkinson's actually have walking and balance issues and their gait can actually freeze up, you know. So when they're walking, they, they can actually freeze, freeze up, you know, as they're actually walking. O- other common symptoms can actually be um, changes in the posture, overall muscle stiffness, tremor. And when I was a speech pathologist, I used to see people who actually had difficulty with swallowing their food as well, because over time that whole area can actually, um, yeah, just gradually get get worse and worse. And so we had to modify the kind of food that they were able to have, Mm. so they could safely eat safely Mm. and drink safely without uh, choking or without the drinks and stuff going down the wrong way, you know, and giving them pneumonia in any sort of way. So Mm. it is. and it and it is quite you know people find it really hard when they get that and the thing is that it can be a slow um, process in getting that diagnosed um, and as in because it's a gradually developing disease but on top of that too um, it can last for many many years you mm. know and and so you know the common person that most people would know actually had. Uh, Parkinson's was Michael J. Fox, who of yeah. course was Back to the Future star, you know, <laughs> yeah. those who are old enough to remember that or have rewatched it when you were young now. Um, and he was really young. He was only 29 when he was diagnosed mm. with Parkinson's disease. He's actually said, you know, more recently that Parkinson's was a disease uh, was a gift for him. So I don't know whether it's because, yeah, basically he's just learnt a lot through that, mm. and I've got an appreciation of, you know, other people and what they go through. Now, here's here's some really good news. There's a man who's a 63-year-old man in France, in Pessac, P-E-S-S-A-C, P-E-S-S-S-A-C, in France, who is now able to walk following a spinal cord implant. And he's actually wow. had, catch this, he's actually had Parkinson's disease for 30 years.
1: Okay, so he's... Deep on the track here, deep on the track, and and I feel like the difficult thing with people who have gone this long with this these certain diseases is then when they stop using their their limbs or whatever it may be, then those muscles fall Start, away. What well, they
0: weak, weaken and waste away. Yeah. yeah, and
1: so but now like after thirty years of restricted use of all this stuff. He can now walk?
0: Yeah, yeah. So he's actually had the disease for 30 years, but he actually had to stop working three years ago mm-hmm. uh, because he couldn't do stairs anymore and he couldn't walk. So mm. it's the last three years that have particularly affected him. And he's an architect, so he really missed, of course, you know, his, his work. He had to stop walking altogether uh, for these very reasons. And his gait would also freeze up. So like I mentioned earlier, for some people, the gait actually freezes up. And so in his case, even when he would go, shopping or walk into the store he would just stop and couldn't couldn't actually mm. move everything would stiffen up so back in 2004 um he actually received dopamine dopamine and deep brain stimulation for his tremors and his stiffness mm. but now he's actually received this spinal implant it's an it's called a neuro prosthetic um, so neuro meaning nerve and it's prosthetic um, spine implant designed by neuroscientists and neurosurgeons so scientists that look at the nerve system the whole central nervous system and the nerve system within the body as well as neurosurgeons Mm. and here's the thing that you know he's now able to walk up and down the stairs and he goes for catch this six kilometer walks around the lake on a regular basis so which is really quite incredible and I think that there's so many people that are actually affected by it. So worldwide, 10 million or so people are affected with it. In Australia, Parkinson's is the second most common neurological disease after dementia. And uh, so in Australia, about 38 people are diagnosed per day, which is which is a high number when you think about it. Mm. So with this, so yeah, this this man in France, his name is Marc Gauthier is actually the first person that this has actually been tried on. And the Michael J. Fox Foundation is going to fund for six new people to have that trial done on them next year as well, which is exciting. And so how it works is actually stimulates the spinal cord electrically um, and, and it targets a particular area in the same way that is done for paraplegic patients, but now it's actually used for, um, for those who have Parkinson's. Mm. And J- Jocelyn Block, neurosurgeon and professor from Switzerland, actually says that it's really exciting that they can actually now use this, um, you know, for those who have Parkinson's as well as, you know, with, with what's happening for the paraplegics. So the common treatments for Parkinson's in the past has actually, um, you know, by, by the loss of neurons that produce the dopamine. Instead, the implant actually targets the particular mm. area, which is jolly, jolly fantastic. My mind went, you know, especially even the fact that he said 30 years, you know which story in the Bible, hey, I'm going to go to pool of bethesda okay and jesus jesus comes to the pool of bethesda and the pool of bethesda you know people that were lame and blind and paralyzed Mm. would lie by the pool waiting for the waters to move they believed in the healing power and they believed an angel would move the water and that they would actually be healed but jesus comes along and there's this paralytic who's been paralyzed for 38 Mm. years and jesus comes along and he just says to him rise take up your bed and walk Mm. just like that and he does it's it's one of those miracles that jesus performs and i love that story and i just Mm. think of you know here's this man now walking he's getting the 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 spinal cord stimulation but you know i just think you know there's a miracle right here in itself too
1: yeah absolutely and i think a a real you know beautiful highlighting story of the the steps that modern science has taken but obviously Mm. you know that uh, we can give glory to God yeah. for for the way in which we can come to these conclusions. You're listening to the Breakfast
2: Joe podcast on Faith FM.
1: Positively different.
0: And we are excited about our prize for this week and it will be drawn at quarter to nine on Friday morning, Mm. the prize for our quiz question. So what is our next quiz question, please?
1: Our next quiz question, simply this Lebanon was famous for what kind of tree? If you know what tree Lebanon was famous for, and I believe it's the tree that's like currently on their flag. Right, yeah. so if if you know what that is, look zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text again. Definitely, it was the one that they were regarded for in the Bible as well. And if you know which tree that was, again, that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That is the number to text. If you text that number with the correct answer, you'll go into the draw to win the Revive Cafe Cookbook. We're giving away volume eight, absolutely for free. Again, that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Give us a text, tell us the correct answer, and get your name in the drawer.
0: Mm, absolutely. And where are we going with our news segment this morning?
1: Okay, there is so much news. Like there, there is so many stories and I felt that Given the story we talked about yesterday, which I thought was quite heavy, and a lot of the stories that have you know, come across my desk this morning, very, very heavy topics, I thought I wanted to go out of my way to find something a little bit more light, a little bit more happy, a little bit more, a little bit more positive. Of course to do with cool. faith, of course to do with faith in the world and things that are going on, but I was like, I wanna, I wanna talk about things that are, uplifting right Mm. and and that make me glad and one of them firstly is so recently we saw the conclusion of the World Series of Baseball and after 63 years (laughs) the Texas Rangers came through for the win beating the Diamondbacks (laughs) and they've won uh, the, the World Series this is like the biggest competition in all of baseball this is the baseball's grand final you know and baseball being like one of the most historic sports in the United States as well having a huge historical pedigree um and the it's funny because like the the Texas Rangers you could see them as like a relatively new team compared to like the Yankees or whatever it may be but then at the same time they've been an organization for 63 years yet they've never won and there then finally <laughs> they've come through but they've concluded the game and most of the Texas Rangers the players uh, take off, they you know, usually, usually at the, when they win a championship or a team wins a championship, they all put these shirts on, right? That are like 2023 world champions. And they'll have like gold and, and, and whatever the team's colors is. The shirts that all the Texas Rangers put on upon winning the World Series is just a t shirt that says Jesus won. Wow. And I was like, I was. This is, I was shocked. Like, I was like, this is amazing. So, so their celebration was them all just putting on t-shirts. It says Jesus won, and and that po- would have caught
0: everyone's attention absolutely. And when they were- as it-, it has with Shell, yeah. Shell set up right at the start because, yeah. of course, anything from the US she likes to hear. Yeah, being from the US, but baseball is the yeah the biggest thing over in the US. But she is it's, right to set up that, well because
1: like this is this is amazing again in professional sport a place in which like there is definitely faith. In professional sports, and particularly in American professional sports, there are people who express their faith and express what they believe. But for an entire team, or almost an entire team, like to put on these shirts, like heaps of the players and the coaches, to to attribute their postseason to God, to wear a shirt that says Jesus won, like all these things, Um, and even you know to give interviews where, for example, third baseman like. The, the basement, like the people who hold, hold down the base, like this is like some of the most important positions in baseball. And, you know, saying things like baseball's what I do, but it's not who I am. I'm mm. a competitor for Christ. Um, you know, sharing their journey of faith. I gave my life to Christ my freshman year of high school. Um, mm. and then my freshman year of college was the first time I took a step um in my personal journey with him, I wanted to live for him, like all of these things. And and again, these people live incredibly unique lives in the sense that they're professional sportsmen and there is so much pressure that comes with that. But it's amazing to see that their hearts, despite their their um despite their profession being this thing that is a very incredibly life consuming, that they've gone in their heart they've said, okay, like I wanna know christ i want to put him first in my life and furthermore i want to use the platform of the world series and winning the world series to promote christ and just to say like again i love the sentiment here it's like oh yeah we won but jesus won like jesus and and they're Mm. not saying they're not this this is so key this is so key they're not saying we won because of jesus they're Mm. not saying that they're saying Jesus has already won the victory over Ay, sin. Man,
0: that's that's, exactly that's what it. they're pointing to. It. And, and exactly I think for it. me
1: that is what just really really captured me about what they were saying because yeah, I, I feel like for a lot of sportsmen or whatever to get up there and just say I won because of God. I'm like I I don't know how I feel about that necessarily. Like it's 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 a competition, it's a sporting competition. I really don't think God is 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 is, I, I don't know what God is doing, but to a certain say like, I beat the other guy because God's on my side in like a professional sports match. Like, I'm, I, I feel so uncomfortable. Yeah, there is. Well, and the thing is, if
0: anyone loses, it doesn't mean that God's not on their side. Yeah, you know, it'll in a team like, hey, so God's still with you. It's just that it just, it hasn't happened. But I love That's the right. fact that, you know, two key words, Jesus won. Yeah. It says it all, doesn't it? About absolutely. The whole center of the cross and his victory on the cross.
1: Yeah. And, we're, and, we're, and also, like, if we play that game of like, oh, yeah, like. God influences the outcome of every single sports game. And then it's like, well, what's the point of doing it? Like, is like, is what, there, is, what is the need is for putting competition? Yeah. Is it like all these things? Like, no, I think that the way in which God is operating, and this is what's so key. The the Bible in Romans chapter eight, uh, it says in verse twenty-eight it says, "All things work together for good uh, for those who love Him mm-hmm. and, and are called." according to his purpose Mm. and the way to view a passage like that, you know, people can view that and say, all things work together for good. And, oh, so therefore, like if I, If I break my arm, then I should get a stronger arm. Or if I lose my job, I should, in in return, get a better job because all all things work together for good and because I love Jesus and whatnot. But what the Bible is actually trying to say there is that no matter what the circumstances, whether you lose your job or whether you win the World Series or whether you are, you know, no matter what situation you're in, all things work together in for good in the sense that you have the ability to know Christ, to give your heart to him, to give your life for, to him and for him to save you. Like this mm. is, this is, this is the good news. Not that God helped me win the world series. It's like, Jesus won, like He's mm. won the victory over sin. And furthermore,
0: I- and I love what you said earlier, also Lawson, that you said, mm. you know, it reflects who they are. Mm. It wasn't about who what they do, and who we are is is centered when we actually spend that time in a living, having a living relationship with Jesus. Mm. So they were reflecting, um, you know, who they are, um, as in, you know, Jesus won. That this is totally the center of their life. You know, mm. yes, they do sports. And everything else. But like you said, Jesus is the center of their life, you know, and all of them have had different journeys, different starting points, like you said, some, you know, gave their heart to the Lord, you know, in high school, somebody, you know, even later, they've all had different journeys, but they've all had that central thing in common.
1: Mm, Absolutely. Powerful stuff. Hey, finally, I just want to share a story from Open Doors, which is like one of the most prolific charities regarding Christian persecution. Very similar to, we get Voice of the Martyrs on Mm. here very regularly Tony Benjamin previously Etienne McClintock to talk about um, all things regarding the work that they do supporting Christians Open Doors is again one of these big or one of these organizations Organizations, I should say, that are supporting persecuted Christians, and they've just released this statement. Uh, or following um, on Sunday, it was the International Day of P- of Prayer for the Persecuted Church, just last Sunday, and they released this statement, just saying, "Hey guys, prayer. Th- this is this is amazing. This is amazing." They said, "Prayer is the best support that you guys can give us, and it is not a cop out." Because, wow. and the reason I say that is because there, there was this growing sentiment of, oh, whenever tragedy would ha- was happening, this catchphrase of thoughts and prayers was kind of shared amongst people of like, oh, sending thoughts and prayers and whatnot. And then people from a non-religious background or even religious backgrounds were very... like, criticizing this a lot and being like, oh, thoughts and prayers, like, actually help people, like, do something. Now, Open Doors is on the forefront of helping people. Mm -hmm. Like, we're talking about an organization who is doing some of the best work to support persecuted people's in the world, yet they are like the lifeblood of our ministry and Mm -hmm. the support that we give is prayer. Yes, we can make all this effort to go and reach people with the gospel and to support people who are being persecuted, but even furthermore, guys, pray with us, pray for us, and that's what we are called to do. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different
0: time for our third quiz question for today, please. Lawson, before we move into our interview this morning with Brad Moody.
1: Mm. Okay. Our next quiz clue. Here we go. After casting lots, Joseph... Okay, after casting lots, Brabus lost out at becoming... uh, Well, I I am... I am confused. Okay, after casting lots, Joseph... bar, bar. Bar, Sabas bar- bar- lost out at becoming what? Okay. Okay. I'm um, I, it's all, it's all coming together for me. I got really lost. Here. Okay. After casting lots, Joseph bar- Sabas lost out at becoming what? So there was this thing that he could have potentially become that he didn't after they cast lots and they were like, sorry, buddy you're not going to be this particular thing. If you know what that thing is, 0491 064 669. It it is a a Tuesday morning here in the studio, which apparently is is more of a struggle than Monday. But hey, 0491 064 669, if you know the answer to that one, give us a text message. But right now, it has come time for our interview for today. Hello, Brad. Brad. Are you there?
2: I am. Can you guys hear me all right?
0: Yeah, we can. You can just cut out for a brief second there, but I I think we'll be right for the rest, um, all going well. Um, So we can hear you well. It's great to have you on board again. We always love your segments on apologetics, and we are talking about law and grace today.
2: Yeah, we're taking a bit of a shift from our eschatological studies and, and talking into, you know, what happens when people die and hell and all those sorts of things, taking a bit of a shift into something uh, even more theological uh, and and it's a real hot topic. Mm. Uh, it's been a hot topic for hundreds of years. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like, you know, I, I feel like it's just so imperative that we, we really touch on this. I really hope that we can cover the whole topic as best that we can. I mean, it's, we're never going to be able to do it to to, uh, to its nth degree, but we'll do our best. Uh, but it is such an important topic because I just, I, I, I just to just set the, the tone, I feel like this is what, our focus is going to be at first on, on, on the law. And then we're going to bring grace in to bring balance to it. Because I feel like the law gets so much bad press, mm-hmm. like like as if the law is there to just purely destroy our fun. And, and I don't know if you guys, I don't know, Danuta Lawson, have you ever, do you ever remember any laws that were in your home that you just hated and you recoiled against because oh. it just felt like they were restricting your fun, but then you later realized that this was actually the thing that you really needed and you're grateful for your parents having established law in your home?
1: Yeah. Go guy i lost think, I've I got one too. I think like <laughs> the the law in my home, so I grew up with three sisters, it was just myself and three sisters, and it was just like the whole thing the the law was kind of very there was some some key tenants there, but it was it just shifted around that idea of like don't mess with your sisters and i think i was like really i felt i I felt outnumbered i felt outnumbered at home and i'm like i want to mess with them you know like i want to i want to stand my ground that's right it was just like don't mess with your sisters i'm like no i need to stand my ground yet now like i have a fantastic relationship with all of my sisters i think because you know my my parents did mm. a really good job of instilling into me like oh hey like treat your sisters well and with respect and whatnot and and now i'm really blessed to to be really close with all of them so i'm mm. i'm so grateful that my parents really insisted that mm. Oh, hey like have this good relationship with your sisters
0: Mm. and my and mine was like you know as a teenager if you went out you had to come back by 11 o'clock at night and oh, I classic. thought that was pretty unfair at the time but you know <laughs> as, as I got older I actually really appreciated that you know and that was it uh, wasn't just me it was uh, my sisters as well we had to be home by 11 o'clock but it was a good rule in the end i I, I realized so yep.
2: You're grateful for it. And, and now I imagine, Danuta, that you probably hit, hit the pillow at around 9.30 every night because you just love that curfew that we can still <laughs> yeah. do all those years. Actually, it's 9 o'clock
0: <laughs> since I've been me. on Faith FM too because I got up early. So, yeah. Oh, awesome. That's it. You got to get up early. Absolutely.
2: You appreciate those restrictions and the habits. Yeah. So for me, I remember growing up with the irritation at my parents because they would not allow me to eat all the chocolate that I wanted. Close. And I just oh! thought at the time, this is such a needless restriction. What a ridiculous legality right and a couple of decades later I can certainly see the results of those who never had those regulations or yeah. met with those regulations <laughs> <Yeah>. with rebellious <laughs> attitudes and I can see that now the the fruit is 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 you know an evidence that I, I'm just grateful to have had those laws in my home and, mm-hmm. and this is the thing like that what we don't recognize is that the biblical law is something that that God says is good for us I mean mm-hmm. Psalms 19 and verse 7 says that the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. And the testimony of the Lord is sure, Sure, making making wise wise the the simple, simple, right? And then in verse 11, it goes on to say, and in the keeping of them, there is great reward. So it doesn't sound from the biblical perspective that the the, the law is a bad thing. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I love rewards, especially great ones. And I also love the idea of being wise and the bible says that that doesn't come aside from the law it says that the bible the bible clearly says that that comes through the law not by abolishing it you know, This is the thing that, that, that we often try and pull the law away from any kind of relevance to the Christian journey because we feel like it's going to be restrictive or it's going to be something that's going to hold us back from living the full life or living a life of happiness and joy. Quite the opposite. And this is why Jesus so aptly put it in Matthew 22, verse 37 to 40, when he was summing up the law being, being, being questioned by one of the leaders of the day. And he says to them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul and mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then he goes on to say these powerful words that sums it up. He concisely summarizes the entire biblical law into these two major streams. And he says, on these two things, these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, have you guys ever had that, that that whole idea of um the law being done away with and 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 you know we should just now because of what Jesus has said we should just love everybody we don't need the law the law doesn't mean anything we should just love everybody how would how would you guys respond to that kind of a question
1: yeah, I think. I definitely had that idea shared before, and I think it's reflective of a, a cascading... You know, it, it cascadingly affects like someone's view of God and view of the Bible. And I feel like people often come to that conclusion also because it's... The threat is that, oh, well, if, if I need to keep the law of God, then... And there's a threat that I could lose my salvation. And my, what is my salvation? Oh, well, it's the prohibiting of me going to an eternally burning hell, which we've also talked about in your segment as well, Brad. It's, mm. it's this, I, I feel like if anything, it's just reactionary to, mm. to like mm. bad mm. consequences rather than logically like, yes. oh, wait. God's law is good why wouldn't I want to keep it like like and why, Absolutely. And, why, why and furthermore why wouldn't God want me to keep it mhm
2: Exactly. Right. So this is the thing, like the, the whole of the commandments, Jesus doesn't say, let's do away with the commandments um, and do away with the law and the prophets because we should just love everybody. No, mm-hmm. no, no. What he's saying is that is the manifestation of love. Yeah. Right. And Absolutely. we're going to touch on that a little bit later if we get the time, you know, John 14, 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's it's it. not something that, that does away with love. It's the very manifestation of love. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is what's so incredible to me. Like when, when, when I put it into just logical perspective, Perspective. I think of it like my relationship. With my wife now, my wife. We're married, and when we got when we got married, we we set up these rules, regulations, and 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 they don't seem something hard to do these days. It, like like, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm not the perfect exemplification of love to my dear, precious wife. I should be, but at the same time, like we set up these vows, and it's these ways in which I said I am going to love you. I'm going to love you like this. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to nurture you and cherish you. And this is essentially what God was trying to establish with 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 look, there's a whole range of different laws that we could tap into, but the 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 ultimate of which, the 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 epicenter of all of those laws, the summary of all of those laws was in the Ten Commandments. And he gave us the Ten Commandments as a means to show us what it looks like to love one another. Not to do away with love for God and love for men, not to do away with the joy, because the greatest joy in my life is the loving relationship that I have with my wife. Mm. And it's because of those vows that we set up, that covenant, which the law has been called a covenant before, right? Because of those vows, that covenant that we made with each other to govern our relationship, we now have the the, 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 the happiest marriage that, that exists in this world, I would say, right? And it's because <laughs> of those vows, those laws. Now, don't get me wrong, this doesn't preclude or doesn't exclude grace, and we're going to come to that in just a few minutes, but I just wanted to just clarify that that's what it looks like. And, and just so that nobody can ever get it confused. God didn't want anyone to get this written down wrong, done wrong, or, 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 or misinterpreted. He wrote it with his own finger mm-hmm. on tables of stone mm-hmm. so that they cannot be done away with. Right? Like, the paper that everything else in the Bible was written on deteriorates over time, but stone does not. And it's the only place in the Bible that we verifiably can say that it was definitively written with his own finger. Mm. That's the thing. He wrote it with his own finger because he didn't want anyone to get it wrong. But this is, this is what... This is what what, what I, I can't fathom how people get this this mixed up. How can God want to do away with the very thing that governs his entire universe? Mm-hmm. Love. The principle of love. This is what love looks like. And, and and we often feel like we were talking about before that this law becomes something restrictive, something that's going to do away with 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 happiness. But James calls the law a law of liberty, mm-hmm. not a law of restriction. That's right. And he says these powerful words, he says in chapter 2 and verse 10, he says, For the whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Well, how does that look? How can I be guilty of all of them just by offending in one point? And then he calls it this law of liberty. That, 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 that sounds, sounds uh, counterintuitive. But let, let's just look at it like this. If I don't kill my wife, which is one of the Ten Commandments, let's just use that as a, as a, as a hard, fast example. If I don't kill my wife, but I commit adultery against her, I have effectively ruined my relationship either way. Does That's that right. make sense? Like if I don't, or the other way around, if I don't commit adultery, but I kill my wife, I can say that I've kept a, the majority of the law, but the other one has pretty much destroyed what the law yeah. was there to do. And it was to establish a healthy relationship. God in using the 10 commandments was effectively saying, this is how not to ruin your relationships with, with God and with those people around us. Right. This and is that, what's, this is why he calls it the law of liberty because go ahead.
0: I love what you're saying, Brad, with that because, um, you know, we're told in God's Word, you know, in, in, in 1 John that, that God is love. I mean, that's the whole essence of the Bible in those three words. Mm. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, so I've always seen the Ten Commandments or when I, you know, after my conversion I should say more so, that I, basically that it's the character of God that is actually reflected in those Ten Commandments. So rather than wow. seeing it as yes. Ten Commandments, it's actually I see it as, um, you know, uh, god's god's character reflected in love that's what it is you know mm. because god in is reflected absolutely. in in those 10 commandments in every way
2: mm. absolutely and 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 so following along with that like this is what brings liberty this is why that's heaven right. is so full of joy so full of peace and so and it's so lovely because people actually abide by that law in reflection of the character of God such a beautiful point Anuda. now just to, to hone in on this this point of the law of Liberty uh, that feels like a whole bunch of restrictions I mean how can the law bring Liberty I mean we we live in a country that exemplifies the benefits of a law of Liberty I mean I mean if you, if, if you've ever been to a third world country uh, you tend to want to hold your wallet and your' passport, and all of those important things to you a little closer to your chest, a little closer to your pockets, because crime is high, right, in, in those third world countries. Unfortunately, it's just the nature of it. But we live in a country where the majority Majority of time, you can leave, and I wouldn't suggest that you do this. Nonetheless, but you can leave your bag on the beach and go for a swim without feeling like your bag is going to be thieved. Whereas mm. when you're in another country, uh, in it, well, I won't go and say name any examples, but at the same time, you know what I'm talking about. There's so many, so much crime in those countries that unfortunately you can't leave things on on uh, without your your close supervision, or it could be just pilfered from you. We live in a country that. that that demonstrates what it looks like when people actually abide by the law. And this is the thing. What is crime? Crime is the breaking of the law. If we didn't have the law, or if there was a law but nobody knew about it, uh, well, we couldn't really claim that people were committing crimes because we wouldn't know what crime actually was. The law is something that demonstrates what what crime is. This is what it should look like, so whenever it's not like this, that's effectively breaking the law. And it's the same with the law of God. We wouldn't know what sin was if we didn't have the law. Law. By the law is the knowledge of sin. It says in the book of Romans, mm-hmm. right? And this is the point that we need to recognise: is the law brings liberty, and the law brings awareness of sin. Mm-hmm. Right? Sin is the breaking of the law. You can read that in First John chapter three and verse four. It says, "Whosoever commits sin transgress or breaks mm-hmm. the law." Also, for the sin, for sin is the breaking of the law. And in other versions, it uses this, this beautiful word, lawlessness. Or in other words, without law—that's what it looks like. Sin is without law. So, so, I mean, speaking of the Christian journey, we're all trying to to get a handle on dealing with this whole problem of sin, and we can't possibly do that unless we know what sin is. And because we're so um, we're so broken, God needs to give us the law so that we can understand how it is that we can live in happy, harmonious relationships with one another. Now, I'm 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 very aware that our time is just about running out, so we're going to break this into two segments and we'll tackle the grace factor and how that brings balance to this whole law discussion that we're having here uh, in our next session, uh, talking about grace. But but one thing that, that I wanted to just bring to the table here on that, just to whet your appetite a little bit is an idea of, let's say you're driving along on the freeway and you're doing 150 kilometres an hour and a policeman pulls you over and he's he, you, like, you know you've done wrong. And that policeman pulls you over and he says to you, mate, do you recognise that you've broken the law? You've Absolutely, just, just you've you've offended uh, in such a way that we should lock you up, right? You've broken the law, and you're like, yeah, look, officer. I, for some reason, I I, I shouldn't have. I recognise it. I made a huge mistake, and I'm so sorry for breaking the law. And then this is where grace comes in. We don't have the time to unpack it. We're going to unpack it next time. But 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 the police officer says to you, I'm going to give you grace. Okay, I'm going to give you grace. I'm going to let you off. Essentially, this is I'm going to let you go. From even though you should be locked up, I'm gonna let you go this once. That's grace, right? But now notice this: you have two options to respond to that grace. Okay, you've just broken the law, you've been given a free pass, you've been given grace. Now you have two options. You can either take off gently and then pull back up to the speed limit and stick to the speed limit, or you can you can you can spin the wheels and power on back up to 160 kilometers an hour um, because you you've been given grace, I mean, which one is going to appreciate that grace more, the keeping of the law thereafter or the breaking of the law by by the fact that now I've been given grace, I can just go ahead and power on up to 160 kilometres because I'm under grace, I'm not under the law. And this is what we're going to tap into next next time we're talking, um, how grace balances that whole process out. Because think about it, what is that policeman going to do to you if he sees that you just drop a burnout and then speed off up to 160 kilometres an hour straight up? he's just giving uh, you a grace. Well, what are you going to do? He's going to pull you over yeah, again. He's going to walk you straight up and say, what are you doing? You crazy, man. Keep the law. That's what this is about. It has its place. And we're going to bring in the whole balancing act of grace next time so much more powerfully. i um, looking forward to that
0: discussion. Yeah, we're looking forward to it too. Thanks so much, Brad. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at
2: 1-800-FAITH-FM.